There's a big thing in the... That's why I have that there. Okay. I'm angry. <laughs> right? Am I getting this right? Am I... <laughs> am I thinking in the way he wants me to think? Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that only needs 20 gigawatts to power our flux capacitor. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Hey, everyone. It is February 5th as the recording of this podcast, so you guys know where we are with news. Um, Last week, we had to take a week off. Mm-hmm. So we released you guys kind of a special episode. We had some stuff in our lives that hit us with weather and other personal stuff going on in our schedules that we had to give you guys kind of a filler episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it because we're gonna we plan on doing more of those if we run into a snafu like that. Um, the reason I bring that up is because we have a mega ton of news to talk about tonight because we took that week off. So I feel like we're a little behind in the news, but we'll get everyone caught up tonight because we're post Super Bowl and there's a lot of trailers to discuss. So. Um, I don't have a lot to say about many of them because I (laughs) found the trailers from the Super Bowl kind of lacking. Yeah. Um, But with that being said... Most um, parts of the Super Bowl lacking, I would say. (laughs) Absolutely. So, um, let's start with watching stuff. What's going on? Um, So, I did watch uh, something pretty interesting the other night. uh, This new Netflix movie called Velvet Buzzsaw. Have you heard of this? Are you familiar Um, at all? No, I have no idea what this is. Okay, so, did you ever see the movie Nightcrawler? Uh, yes. With uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, and yes. he's like the photographer. Okay, so it's the same director and writer as that, but he did this new movie for Netflix called Velvet Buzzsaw, and it's about this uh, old reclusive man who spent like his entire life or retirement or whatever paint like doing all these like paintings, and then he uh, passes away, but in his will he requested that all these paint- paintings... Um, basically get thrown out like he didn't want them spread he didn't want them uh, sold or anything like that so what ends up happening is like a bunch of these art dealers and like gallery people end up finding like this huge wad of paintings and they actually you know in their opinion they're really good they basically take all this old man's paintings and start selling them so essentially what happens from there is uh the paintings are cursed i guess for lack of a better term where If you are profiting off of them, you will literally be killed by the artwork. So it's kind of like this really weird horror film where, like, you actually get attacked by, like... So if the painting is, like, of this, like, uh, of a, you know, a man or a figure or something, like, literally the painting's, like, hands could (laughs) might come out and try to, like, choke you or, you know, do different things. And it's just a very unique movie. Um, Overall, I think... Compared to, like, uh, Nightcrawler, I think this one's a little less accessible, and there's a lot of characters in it that are kind of get on your nerves because they're kind of the stereotypical pretentious art folk, I guess. But that's kind of a plus for the movie, too, because then you get to delight in watching their demise as the movie carries out. So um, I thought that one was pretty good overall. Um, And then otherwise, I've just been watching a ton of uh, Dexter. Like, my wife and I have been watching Dexter, like, nonstop every night. That's a series I've never got on the bandwagon for, and I always keep telling myself to watch it. Yeah. um, I'm very behind. My DVR is very... You're going to... So, 
Was that all you watched before I go into <laughs> Pretty this? Pretty much, okay. yeah. So, yes. It's I, mostly just been Dexter. It's all good. So I want right. to watch Dexter. I've always, <laughs> I always wanted to do that, put that show into my lineup. Um, but I've always been busy and I've had so many other things on my plate. Yeah, so, it's, it's one of those shows where you watch it and you just sit there and watch him get into the, Dexter get into these situations and you can't stop watching it because you're just like, how the heck is he going to get out? this and that's like how it addicts you and that's like why like we've both already watched it but we're just re-watching it and just on the edge of our seats every night again so right on well with that with that being said in the watch category i haven't watched anything <laughs> nice. um i mentioned uh last time we were together that i had written this play mm-hmm. um that's actually going to stage i'm getting the opportunity to direct and star in and well it's officially show week yeah so my life has been my schedule has been so tight I've gone from day job to rehearsal to a secondary rehearsal to a meeting to set design to like I haven't had any time <laughs> to like sit down in front of um, like the television and watch anything mm-hmm. so the most I've gotten is was I was able to watch the current episode of Big Bang Theory so I'm caught up there and I was able to watch the two episodes of Supergirl I was behind and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my DVR is very angry with me. I <laughs> looked at what I have to watch, and I have this massive lineup to catch up on. So my my watching new might dwindle a little bit, but there's Oscar movies I want to watch before the Oscars. Yeah. So this it's just kind of crazy. <laughs> um, with that being said, um, so I haven't really watched anything. What I have gotten a chance, Supergirl, the couple episodes were awesome. They were real, like quality stuff and I was like oh this is where I want to be you know so nice um, I mean I, I could say that it's like commendable that you're actually making something like writing and directing a play and putting something out there instead right of I know there's that part of me that goes <coughs> there's the part of me that goes I, I so we created a podcast we created a thing yeah it's it's going well I'm happy with ever the direction we're moving yeah. right now so we can only grow from here <laughs> but at the same time here I am creating a thing yeah exactly <laughs> so, as opposed to being like a professional appreciator or whatever you know, right exactly I, I made another thing that can be a, exactly you know. yeah so um so that's really cool and there's always and there's a good chance that this could broaden into me writing other stuff to do this kind of thing like this could actually spawn into me doing more and more of these nice. which is awesome and i'm really excited about that opportunity so cool so that being said, let's roll into the news because we have a lot to discuss. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, let's start with uh, the Netflix Resident Evil series that they announced. Um, this sounds like it's going to be live action. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any thoughts on this? Like, I took this as like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's all I really have to say about it. I think, like, I'm really excited. I think it should be good. Uh, I think most of what Netflix is doing is really good. And, you know, there's some stinkers in there, you know, here and there. But, sure. Um, um, yeah, I think it should be pretty cool. <laughs> well, what I think... So we have the Resident Evil movies. I like some of them. I don't like all of them. But overall, like, I watched all of them. Like, there's one that's really, really bad. The rest of them I'm on board for. And <laughs> I'm I lo- curious which one's the really bad The one. fifth one. Okay. Okay. Is that like, the one? Okay. I think that's the one I didn't like that's, either. That's, but... That one, to me, is, like, horrible. <laughs> I loved the original yeah, I loved the the first three. I really really liked the fourth one was so so. The fifth one was just ungodly bad, and the final one was whatever. Um, but the uh, doing a show, I think they would really benefit if they really focused on the video games as source material to be as source material. Right. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, and actually try and create the video games. They don't want to carbon copy them because they want us as gamers to enjoy it too. But I think it would really lend to, oh, there's Claire Renfield and she's actually Claire Renfield. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when you get into those characters. So. And I feel like that'd be the right approach with uh, the movies already coming out and, you know, everybody's going to want it to have a different take from the movies. Yeah, and um, I think that's the only take you can go to be different from the movies is to be hardcore what the video game was. Yeah, or just go for, like, a really gritty vibe, I guess, more than the movies. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying for yeah. sure. Um, so <laughs> let's talk... So there's this thing called Army of the Dead, New Zack yeah. Snyder Project. You know a little bit more. So you sent this across my desk yeah. to take a look at. I read the article, thought it was really cool, but then I had to shift gear into play mode for the show that I'm doing. Yeah. So tell me about Army of the Dead. Well, so... This is awesome. So tell me, tell our listeners. I mean, I don't know a ton about it. I know that it's um it's essentially a heist movie that takes place during... The zombie, the zombie apocalypse, or during a zombie outbreak. So, there's a zombie outbreak that happens in Vegas, I believe, and a group of uh, mercenaries or thieves or whatever co- come into the zombie outbreak to perform a heist. So that's essentially what it is. Um, where this is really exciting is this is uh, Zack Snyder's first um, movie back to first feature length movie that he's directing since. Uh, Justice League when he had to back away from that because of a family tragedy. Um, What makes me really excited about this is uh, I've seen a quote from Zack Snyder about this movie where he's basically said, um, I don't know if I mentioned, but the movie's produced by Netflix. It's going to be released on Netflix. And the Army of the Dead movie? Yeah, the Army of the Dead is a Netflix original film. And uh, Zack Snyder's essentially said... Netflix is letting him go like full on unhinged, like no restrictions. He can do whatever he wants. And he said, no movie or no studio has ever let him do that. So I think it's like going to be really cool to see where and you he know it's going to be. And this. you know what's going to be interesting about it is when the internet complains about Zack Snyder as a director, or when, you know, when anyone complains about Zack Snyder as a director, I think they're going to see this movie and they're going to go, oh, shoot, we should have, like, yeah, paid more attention to what was going on. Well, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, we should have had more faith in what this guy can do. Because, I look, directors have tropes. Okay, Michael Bay, I know people, like, complain and moan about Michael Bay. As a storyteller, I don't think he's that bad. But he has a very unique style of shooting a movie yeah. that, in my opinion, gets repeated too much. You can almost look at a movie without knowing it's Michael Bay and know it's Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. Zack Snyder has a visual language that he tends to use throughout his movies, but when you have a studio holding yeah. your hand a little bit, that could force things where you might not want it. So if Netflix is going to let Zack Snyder do whatever he wants... Mm-hmm. like, And that's, like, that's one of the things is... A lot of the movies that he's done that haven't been well accepted have kind of been changed or shortened and stuff because of studio involvement. Like, right. I know, you know, there's an extended cut of Watchmen. Most people consider that superior than the theatrical. I have, I have the extended cut of Watchmen, yeah. so I know what you're talking Same about. Same thing with Batman v Superman. And I know, um, I haven't seen it, but I think there's an extended cut of Sucker Punch that... I guess explains the story a little more clearly for people. So. Well, I thought Sucker Punch was awesome. Mm-hmm. I totally understood what was going on in Sucker Punch. Like, I totally got the movie the whole way through. 
and I realized that all the negative, all the negative stuff I heard about Sucker Punch before I saw it, I thought to myself, oh, everyone who complained about this movie that I know personally, yeah, didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, and if, that might if there's a, a if there's a director's cut of Sucker Punch, I want to see it. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that might have been just a marketing misstep too, right? With how well, they advertised Sucker Punch, but well, we're I should have saved this for a little bit later, but we'll just roll with it uh, because I was going to use this as a uh, um, jumping. I, I that that would have been a great jumping point. So let's <laughs> talk about the fact that Zack Snyder does get his films chopped a little bit by the studio and roll into this news about the Justice League trilogy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. Kevin Smith got a chance to talk to uh, writer director Kevin Smith got a chance to talk to some people who worked on the Justice League film pre Zack Snyder during the Zack Snyder reign and then after Zack Snyder left and Joss Whedon came in and finished the movie. Mm-hmm. So the reason I bring this up is that um, the description Kevin Smith explained about what the Justice League movie slash Justice League trilogy was supposed to be under Zack Snyder's leadership has me so angry. Like, yeah. I'm almost furious that, jo- one, I'm angry at Joss Whedon for changing the movie. I'm angry at the studio for even considering allowing it to happen. And I'm angry that we didn't get what was described by the by the people Kevin Smith talked to. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that before I dive in and um, really explain what this was for the people who don't know? I You can dive into it, but I totally agree. Like, okay. I'm, I've been upset that... Uh, I've never wanted the Snyder Cut of Justice League more in my entire life to <laughs> right say, on. you guys, the internet, <coughs> the internet's response to Justice League as a film, plus the way Joss Whedon changed the movie, plus the way the studio like handled everything, it makes me angry, and that Snyder Cut needs to be a thing now. I'm sorry, it has to be. So, <laughs> Warner Brothers, I know you're listening. We need the Snyder Cut. End of discussion. Give it to us. <laughs> um... But no, so the Justice League, so Justice League as is, the first Justice League movie was supposed to be pretty close to what we got, okay? Pretty close to what we got. There was supposed to be some extra stuff with Flash and Cyborg. Steppenwolf was still supposed to be the main villain. But I guess at the end of the movie, a boom tube was supposed to open and we were actually supposed to see Darkseid. I don't know in what capacity Darkseid was going to play there, but Darkseid was supposed to be in the film. Yeah, I've... I might be remembering this wrong, but I feel like Kevin Smith said Darkseid was actually supposed to take the mother boxes. Yeah, maybe. So it was, I, it was essentially going to be like the Justice League lost in the end of that. Well, movie, no, because it, it was the second one. Okay, go well, on. I mean, because, <laughs> well, maybe not. Cause, so we were supposed to see Darkseid in the first one. Okay? Yeah. There was the second Justice League film... In terms of the story we were supposed to get, it's irrelevant right now because the point of what Kevin Smith was saying was the ending of that Justice League film was supposed to be the Justice League losing in a very Empire Strikes Back kind of a way. Right. So it was supposed to be this massive cliffhanger ending in an Empire Strikes Back kind of a way, a la Infinity War kind of a way, like the Justice League loses. And then Justice League 3 was supposed to pick up with Darkseid laying waste to planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Very much like the nightmare sequence in Batman versus Superman. So when Bruce Wayne has the vision of the desol- desolate Earth with the big Omega symbol burned into the turf, 
Darkseid's clearly taken over, so that sequence he saw wasn't not just a vision, but it was a vision of the future because of an event that was supposed to yeah. happen. And then that's where it was supposed to pick up, and we were supposed to get a Justice League all-out war with Darkseid in that vein from that vision from Batman vs. Superman. It, the connective tissue. the like Marvel created X number of films to tell one giant story. DC was trying to do that, and the internet basically halted this from yeah. happening because people, because the negativity of the internet looked at DC and said, you're not Marvel, why are you doing this? And then now we don't get the Snyder Cut. Yeah. We don't get these Justice League movies that honestly sound amazing. And Batman was supposed to die by the end of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to bet that that is why Affleck signed on to this. Knowing he was only going to be in an X amount of films, he's going to give you the best Batman he can give you, and then... Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's and that's another thing that angers me. I'm like, that sounds phenomenal. Like, yeah. What the heck, guys? So I don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to gather my thoughts because you've gone over like so much there. But I know, I know, I, I rambled on <laughs> and I fired up and um, I'm angry and like, <laughs> um, I've been wanting to talk about this for like so long, but I've, had, I've been so busy. So go ahead. Um, Sorry. I feel like so I. I wish I could reread the article. I do feel like Kevin Smith said Darkseid took the mother boxes pro- at the end he of He probably could have. But then I think the aftermath was going to be the next movie, like the team fighting, trying to get them back from Darkseid. And that's when... Yeah, no, that's what, was, that's what it was. The second, that's what it was. That's what it was. The second film, they were actually going to take the fight to yeah. Darkseid and it was going to take place on mm-hmm. Apocalypse. Which is amazing. Yeah. Like, But, I mean, I guess I remembered what I was going to say before was uh, just the fact that, like, in Batman v Superman, they had the nightmare sequence, and most people didn't know what was going on. I feel like I knew what was going on a percentage in that, like, I I understood it had to do with dark side. It had to do with, the like, a futuristic vision. Um, I, you know, knew Batman and Superman. Like, I understood a percentage of it, but I also viewed it as, like, this is something they're showing us that is part of a bigger plan, and we're going to find out the full story later. Yes. And I feel like everybody's impatient now, and they watch a, a movie like this, and if not everything makes sense right away, they can't accept that. Right. And uh, I, I don't know. It was just confusing to me. Cause Which we'll, I think leads to the unfair criticism. Yeah, exactly. Because I went into Batman v Superman, and I knew this was like the second movie in this connected universe this is like chapter two, essentially. Now, here's, here's where Marvel... This is where Marvel would have done it differently. They would have taken that nightmare sequence, and that would have been the bonus credit scene. Okay. And you would have gone, what was that? Mm-hmm. And then you'd got the next movie. And then whether they answered that or not, you'd be like, I still don't know what that was. Yeah. You know? So that's that's the difference. Or the scene where Barry Allen comes out of the, uh, of the <laughs> Speed Force and tells him to find Lois Lane. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That... Just in terms of connective tissue. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. That just really angered me that we're not going to get those Justice League movies. And, yeah. <laughs> um, at least we're not going to... And if we ever were going to get those Justice League movies, they're not going to happen that way. It's just... Yeah. It just really depresses me. You you never um, know, though, with the age we live in. It, like, I don't know. It The... Best case scenario might be the scripts, the scripts getting leaked, and then there's somebody does a really awesome fan film. Yeah, well, I'll, the other but. thing, the other thing that they could do is DC. <coughs> DC is always good about doing straight to DVD, um, straight to video animated films that are amazing. Yeah, and there's some really cool ones coming this year, and 
um, they could always do them like that, and then I'd still get the story. It yeah. wouldn't be what I wanted, but I'd still get the I'd yeah, still get sure. to see what was supposed to be. Um, with that being said, did you hear about the Batman Beyond movie? Um, I heard, maybe like okay. So yeah. check, so check this out. We talked about the possibility of a Batman Beyond movie coming, where Michael Keaton could play old Bruce Wayne and take yeah. up the mantle again, right? Because of Into the Spider Verse. DC has announced there will be an animated Batman Beyond film to theaters. Okay, so I heard briefly about this. Like, I didn't know it was going to be in. I don't know if that. Stuff. I don't know if we're going to get Michael Keaton as um, <laughs> yeah. Bruce Wayne, but dude, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Like that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, DC also announced a bunch of other films. They dropped a megaton of news, and I knew I'm like, holy cow, we have a lot to discuss. Um, they uh, they announced. The Batman Beyond movie, they announced DC Super Pets, which I'm assuming, <laughs> if you don't know about DC Super Pets, Superman has a dog named Crypto, Batman has a dog named Ace, there's a couple other characters who have pets within the DC universe. This is clearly going to be a four kids animated yeah. feature film for fun, a la like a Teen Titans Go. It's going to be, it's just going to be, it's for kids. It's yeah. not, don't take it seriously, it's not going to be live action. At least I don't, <laughs> at least I don't think yeah. it will be. Um, so DC Super Pets, um, they announced, uh, they showed a teaser for Birds of Prey. Yep. Um, which teaser, it's just shots of people in costume. <laughs> yeah, it's not, sure. it's not really a teaser, but Do you, you gotta, have any thoughts on the teaser just in general? Or well, like... they have a goofy, they have a goofy image of Harley Quinn and you're like, what is that? It doesn't matter. She's going to go through like 12 outfits. Yeah. I, I was thinking she's going to wear like 12 to 15 outfits during the movie anyway. So who cares? It doesn't matter because the outfit's weird, but yeah. it's Harley Quinn. So it doesn't matter. Um, the images don't, there's not enough to go off of. Because I'm like, well, that's Black Canary. Cool. This chick, who's that? Oh, okay, that's Cassandra Cain. Like, you know. I kind of feel like uh, Black Canary looks the most faithful, even though we haven't seen much of her costume. But right. it does look like it's a variation of the Black Canary costume. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's playing Huntress. Uh, Huntress, like, her costume just kind of looks like kind of a tactical sort right. of and outfit right, right now. Right now because um, I was gonna bring up Huntress right now. Huntress looks the, like the way she needs to look at the beginning. Okay. You know, like if they go full comic book costume to what Huntress looks like. Yeah. I'm really gonna be happy with that because I've always liked the Huntress. I've always liked her costume a lot. So I hope they get that. I hope they get there. Um, but she doesn't need to look hyper like the Huntress right away. Yeah. So I'm. Um, all I can say about, like, the Birds of Prey movie right now is uh, there's a lot of uh, set photos going around. I don't know if you've seen any of those. Yeah, it's mostly uh, Harley Quinn walking yeah. around the street. So the one thing, every like, I keep seeing people comment on uh, online, and maybe on Twitter I follow too many DC fans or something, but everybody's talking about how Margot Robbie just has, like, even just the behind-the-scenes photos, she's got the biggest smile on her face, and, like, everybody just thinks she's, like, super satisfied with this... Uh, movie they're putting together. Not only that, she's probably just has fun playing the character. (laughs) Like, you know, she can go off and be an Oscar nominee and do stuff like I, Tanya, and then she can go do, you know, Mary Queen of Scots and she can go to all these serious films all she wants. But she's probably walking into this movie going, I get to play around and do some really cool stuff and have real fun as opposed to serious acting. And sometimes serious acting's good, don't get me wrong, but there's a chance that she's looking at it as we actually get to do something for fun to be for fun yeah and i can just 
really let loose and go crazy. And, you know, she's probably just really just having a ball. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I that's kind of it for the DC news. I feel like there was something else that got announced. But uh, in terms of big stuff, I just, of all the ones, I mean, the Birds of Prey teaser is not that it really wasn't that big. It, it was really a costume test, I think, that they turned into yeah. a teaser. So Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really a teaser, but I was like, okay. Um so let's shift gears to Marvel real quick. Uh Black Widow movie might be uh rated R. Interesting. I didn't uh, know how do you that, feel but... about that? Um They're yeah, ex- they're exploring the options to make the Black Widow movie an R rated film. So it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be with a lot of vulgar jokes like Deadpool or something. So I feel like no, but it will. That will allow them freedom of language. Okay. That could potentially allow them. You got to remember what Black Widow's background is. So um, that could potentially allow them freedom of violence, and possibly freedom of sex. Okay. In the film. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking they were gonna go a much darker, more violent route. I'm curious how that will fit in with the rest of the MCU, but well, I mean, so it, it's got to be a prequel movie, right? I I don't know. Okay, I really yeah. don't. And um, what's interesting is so, so we talked that we, we you mentioned Deadpool, yeah, and the fact that Deadpool's a rated R film, and Deadpool is being enveloped into the Disney Corporation now because Disney bought Fox. So now we have to discuss the. X-Men integration, we have to discuss Deadpool integration, the possibility of the X-Force movie coming, all that stuff. So, with that being said, there's a direct quote from Bob Iger. He said that we see there is a certain popularity amongst Marvel fans for the rated R Deadpool films. We're going to continue in that business, and there might be room for more of that. So, and that's Bob Iger, Disney CEO. Yeah. So... With that being said, if they are really considering doing more of that, if they are really considering the possibility of understanding that Deadpool needs to be rated R, Deadpool will probably always be rated R. Because Deadpool is a part of X-Force, X-Force will probably be rated R. The X-Men movies will just get integrated like normal. But that means they're probably going to have to find ways of making connective tissue. And Deadpool being connective is 100% regardless because he's a fourth, he's a fourth <laughs> yeah. wall break character. He can go anywhere and it's not going to affect anything. But Black Widow being rated R will affect the younger audience seeing it who's been following these movies for so long. Mm-hmm. However, if they make it an isolated film where you don't need to see the Black Widow movie, like it's... Here's the thing. If I'm going to watch all the Marvel films in sequential order and I get to the Black Widow film, I'm not going to skip over Black Widow. Yeah. But if you make the movie an isolated situation so you could watch it without it, that would allow the kids to continue on and not feel like they missed something. Mm-hmm. It, it also might be the sort of thing where there's... The keyword I'm looking at is it might be rated R. So, like, I feel like they're making a movie and they're going to let it be what it needs to be. And so if it is a better film when it's rated R, they'll actually let that happen instead of forcing it to be PG-13, which, in my opinion, is going to turn out better, you know? Like, right. it. do I think a Black Widow movie necessarily has to be rated R? Not necessarily, but if they're open to let it be becoming what it should be i think that's the best case scenario overall so oh if that makes sense i don't know no no <laughs> yeah. i hear you yeah. yeah i hear you um 
Yeah, I don't have much more to say about it than that. I just thought it was kind of cool, and I found that quote from Bob Iger, and I'm like, okay, well. Yeah. But I'm all for it. Um, I'm also an adult, and you want to give me a rated R movie, I'm still going to see it. Like, you know, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just all for it in terms of the uh, Marvel films and moving forward. That, that quote essentially made me more excited about uh, Deadpool 3, though, that they're not going to turn it into I know, a PG-13 movie. Right, project. exactly. So, um, And I was worried about that for... Uh, Disney as well in this takeover. Um, with the Marvel integration, it, they have announced that they are potentially looking at a recasting for Wolverine. I mean, Hugh Jackman, he wanted to stop doing it because he can't continue playing a character that doesn't age. Yeah. Um, that's You You can only go so far with that. <laughs> um, so he <clears throat> bowed out. So now we have to look at the idea of... Um, recasting. Recasting. So um, they're looking into that right now. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, anyway, let's uh, Super Bowl happen. Let's talk about some trailers. For sure. Um, do you remember most of the trailers? Yes, I think, yeah. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work backwards to probably the biggest one. Okay. Um, so, I mean, they had, they had the trailer for Hannah. <coughs> they had the trailer for Hannah, the... Uh, New Amazon show. Um, these are just ones that stuck out in my okay, head. Okay, I didn't see that one. Um, <laughs> so I, I literally, I think I've only seen the movie trailers. So how about this? There were. If there's an exciting TV thing. I went. Let me know. I so after the Super Bowl because I was at a party, so I couldn't hear anything. Yeah. So I basically just wasn't. I was ignoring all the commercials, and then got home from the Super Bowl party, looked up the trailers, and just watched them all. <laughs> yeah. Most of them are unnotable. Um, they weren't really good, in my opinion. Um, the uh, They had a trailer for Us, which you and I talked about a yeah. while back. Um, I think I think the Us trailer was a shortened version of, of the, the one other trailer that about, we yeah. talked about. Yeah, so I'm like, I've seen this trailer, cool, but it was cool to see the trailer again. Um, Toy Story 4 was more of a legitimate trailer. <laughs> um, it did show a new character that we haven't seen in a long time, Bo Peep, which... Makes me wonder where this falls in the timeline, and it makes me like really terrified to the story we could be finding out. Um, do you remember in Toy Story three uh, when they were talking about growing up and uh, moving on with their lives? Uh, I think it was Mrs. Potato Head was talking to Woody, and she said, and she was talking about all the toys that either got broken or sold off in garage sales or whatever, and she mentions Bo Peep and Woody. His face drops like he just got his heart broken and he looks off away from her kind of in the distance, kind of downward. And he goes, yeah. And then there's Bo. And there's this pause and my heart drops to my stomach and I go, what happened to Bo? <laughs> like, yeah. And that has kept me up at night. <laughs> Fair for enough, all these yeah. years what happened yeah. to Bo Peep and now she's in this new movie Toy Story 4 so is this going to be a flashback sequence are we going to find out what happened yeah. to Bo because holy cow that... do you think they should have shown her though or should they have you know I think not revealed if she's in it or not I think they should have kept it as a surprise yeah. and this is this is that smart marketing that has was discussed when our brother Scott came on the show and we were talking about that so like you yeah. know, sometimes you want to keep things as a surprise and not Show us all the cards in your hand. Yeah. I loved um, the uh, Toy Story 4 trailer, though. Like, I liked uh, seeing Buzz Lightyear, how he was uh, zip-tied up as a prize for one of the carnival games. Oh, and yeah, then, uh, yeah. 
the two like stuffed bears or whatever they the are. Rabbits. Like, yeah. <laughs> like right. telling him like they're not gonna help him out and he's just trying to like uh overshadow them right. and stuff like that. You really you got no sense of what the story was gonna be. <laughs> it was clearly just like a hey Toy Story Four it's, is still coming. It's something like, with a carnival, which I just think sounds really fun, but yeah, we'll see what yeah, even we'll, happens. We'll see what happens. Um and then there's uh this one was done in three trailers. Three very short clips that got me really excited, and that is scary stories you tell yeah. in the dark. Um, each one, like, just twisted a little bit more, <laughs> and I was watching, and I'm watching these in the dark by myself, like, with the laptop, like, just huddled over in front of a laptop, and went, geez, like, yeah. getting terrified, I'm, like, looking around, making sure I'm not alone in the room. Um they I, t- did you see did you catch those yeah like, i actually want to say there might have been like i thought i saw four i i but and what i was watching in the all the trailers from the super yeah. bowl link there was only the three okay they could whoever, I, there, there whoever might have put, been one after the game or something who would have like put that together could yeah. have missed it but i i think they look awesome um i'm seeing a lot of stuff online where it's a side by shot side shot of these teasers and like the original illustrations from those books like the scary stories to tell in the dark and they look spot on like the same characters and stuff like that um i think it looks frightening i think it looks awesome i like how there's a little bit of a like neon lighting to it which kind of is reminiscent of like the original artwork and stuff how it kind of had like really scary imagery with like colorful like watercolor paints or something like that that they used to make it but um yeah i'm super excited not a lot to say about it i just think it looks great all right well let's talk about the big one that i think everyone is really excited for and that's the avengers trailer right so i'm gonna say it right now all right so when our brother scott was on we talked about smart marketing and they shouldn't show too many things in a trailer Right? Mm -hmm. Cool. And, you know, you don't want to spoil everything. You don't want to show your hand. We all, we have, we have both said that these tickets are pre-sold. We're all going to see the movie regardless. So technically you don't have to hype up this movie. Right? So the first Avengers teaser, we were all like, what? Ant-Man? Do you know? Mm -hmm. Sorry, this is technically spoilers. So I'm going to, you know, (laughs) if you don't watch trailers, what? Spoilers? So they show that one shot of the character that I just mentioned. Um, and you're like, oh, okay, that's crazy. What's that about, right? So it made me a little bit excited to see something. So the second trailer we get for Avengers, I thought to myself, they're still going to be quiet. They're not going to show us anything. They're going to be smart about this. But they have to show me something to get me more excited than I already am. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So... They didn't show me anything to make me more excited than I already was, and I felt the trailer was kind of meh. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I was just kind of like, okay, Avengers is coming. I know. I don't even think they showed a lot of uh, action bits. They showed a lot of people like preparing or walking towards things. Yeah, and stuff, they showed but not like, a lot of just like Rocket Raccoon picked you know? up a thing, and Black Widow shot a gun <laughs> at a target, and Tony's like working on a computer, and Captain's yeah. looking pissed off, and. They didn't show anything, and then you see them all walking, and then the trailer ended. Exactly. Like yeah. it just, I didn't get, I didn't get any sense of, ooh, I have to see that. I, I, 
there was no sense of urgency when I saw the trailer. Yeah. Like, sometimes you see a trailer and, like, holy crap, when is that movie out? I gotta go. Yeah. And I didn't get that. I was and it, just... it felt uh, anticlimactic a little bit. And, like, all this being said, I know that Super Bowl co- commercials are really expensive, so we weren't going to see much more than, like, a 20-second trailer. I just feel like they could have, like you said, they could have had something... A little extra in there, just something to kind of get you excited about it, you know, while still advertising in a smart way where you're not right. blowing your wad, you're not showing everything that there is to come, but... Right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, and I just didn't know what to say about it. I'm like, this is really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the, the, cool, the coolest thing they could have shown is, like, something... That, like, they could have had a similar thing, and then at the end showed, like, a... Bruce Banner or something like that and zoom in really close on his eyes and then like his eye turns green because he's about to like transform into the Hulk or something like that. I wouldn't have even wanted that because the Hulk I feel like it might give too much away. Well, not only that, but because of the situation in Infinity War, (coughs) it makes the Hulk, whatever happens with the Hulk will be a surprise. Exactly. But I... I feel I mean, like we all know. I mean, I saw a rumor that it's not supposed to be actual Hulk. He'll be Red Hulk. But okay. let me put it this That's way. That's completely different than the It's comics. completely <laughs> different. But you know what? Today's rumors are tomorrow's spoilers. So <laughs> I heard a... I was going to go on a tangent. I feel like we all know the Hulk's coming back, though. Like We all know the Hulk's coming back. I want to say, like, I put money down. The Hulk's going to come back. <laughs> and it's going to be awesome when he does. You know what's but, funny? Uh, it's too bad. And I was thinking about this during the Super Bowl because everyone does their fantasy football stuff. It's too bad there wasn't a way to do, like, fantasy superhero movies. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I wish there was, like... (laughs) That's very interesting. I I, mean, you could definitely do it with the the comic books, but, yeah, I don't know. Right, I just... I think that'd be kind of a cool, like... I just... I'm like, (laughs) how how could you organize, like, a fantasy superhero movie league or some nonsense, but... And it would never end. There would never really be, like, a playoffs or, like, like, how does this go? Yeah. So, I don't know. I just... (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so... uh, That's... But then... Sorry, I'm just... Then you've got writers who are writing superheroes a certain way that it complements like their team and like makes sense. I know, I know. I know. There's no good. It's, there's no good yeah. fairness unless you were to like create some interesting game where it encompassed the movies that are releasing. So like in 2019, we have nine total comic book films, and if there was a way to like make like predictions or like something. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, technically, when you play, like, a fantasy football, you're basically predicting who's going to win and why and all this stuff, and you're getting points for certain things, right? <laughs> yeah. So what if you were to find a way to incorporate it with the movies and, like, so for the sake of 2019, you know, and you get all the way to the end of 2019, like, oh, my God, I won the league, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like there are pools in uh, Vegas you could find where it's, like, betting money on the outcome of probably. Avengers Endgame. What's the movie where uh, there's a guy who uh, bets that in Rocky Three he was gonna lose? Oh, that... that's um in Dirty Work. Is that um, what? It is? Yeah, in Dirty Work, Chevy Chase's character he's a compulsive gambler, and he bet a... in Rocky Three he bet against Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Norm Macdonald was like, "Are you serious? You bet against?" <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that's just really funny. Um. But yeah, so I don't know. <coughs> that kind of brings us to the end of the news. I, I just do, felt kind of blah about that Avengers I mean, trailer. On an uplifting note, uh, my favorite superhero or Super Bowl trailer that I saw was the uh, 
Bud Light, Bud Night one. Yeah, even Game that of also, Thrones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> combined with Game of Thrones, I thought that was awesome. And right. that was in a movie trailer. So, right. I mean. so speaking of Game of Thrones, real quick before we run into the list. So today of the recording is February 6th. So by the time this episode drops, we're going to be a little behind. But if you start, no, February 5th is today. Tomorrow is February 6th. So if you start watching Game of Thrones on February 6th from episode one, season one, and you watch one episode a day, when you get when you get to the end of it, you will be ready. You it'll be the day of airing for the current season that's coming. Which <laughs> there you go. That's amazing. So now mm-hmm. I was like, where I thought I didn't have time to do a full series rewatch. Yeah. First off, I don't have time to do a full series rewatch. But if I, in thinking I wasn't going to, if I could donate an hour of my time every day, I could get a full series rewatch in. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Maybe I'll start it up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'll watch one episode a day, but it does give me hope that I could catch up maybe before well, the what's new interest- season comes what's out. Well, what's interesting, though, is that I know that one episode turns into four. Mm-hmm. So even if I watched four, I'd, I'd give me a couple days of reprieve before I sit down again. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, good stuff. So you want to do the list tonight? Yeah, for All sure. All right, great. Ryan, we're going to do the list. So roll <laughs> the thing. For the top five. Yeah. Um, Peter, it's your list. You're the one who created the list. Uh, uh, give, it, give us the rundown of, yeah, for sure. of what the rules were. So, <laughs> I wanted to do uh, top five movies with a villain protagonist um, inspired by the TV show You, because I think that's an awesome show that I've gotten into recently. And uh, the main char- character is essentially the villain of the show. Um, I, you could look at this as like an anti-hero movie thing. I kind of wanted to give a vague list and just see where we go with it. So there's a couple things on my list that are kind of actually jokey. So we'll just see how well, it goes. But. So this was a really hard list for me because I was like, oh, this sounds awesome. I had like, and I even said right away that I had an idea Yeah. and then I realized, man, this is a harder list to put together. Okay. There's a chance that I completely missed the mark. And and the, the funny thing about this list is a lot of other lists we do, you can Google them and you can find like a number of lists. I'm trying to think of an example we've done before, but usually you can Google it. Sometimes there's like, like we did time travel movies and there's you could just Google massive, time travel movies. Well, I mean, Wikipedia had like... A, a list that was like hundreds of movies long of oh, everything oh, that time travel you know what? ever. And um, and I and I eventually plan that well this is more of a Halloween esque era thing, but I do eventually plan on doing vampire films. Cool. Just wait till you just wait till you Google vampire films and see how many pop up. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah. Any rate, so I feel like I completely missed the mark, but you did say as long as I could justify it. Yeah, for sure. Um Yeah. Um, um as long as I could justify the character being a bad guy, um, it'll work out. <laughs> yeah, <So. laughs> for sure. And that's like, yeah, it'll and be I do think, And I do think there's goes. a chance that we match one. Okay. Otherwise, my list is probably completely different from anything you're going to throw at me. I feel um, like, okay. There's one we'll movie see. that I think we might match. We might not. Who knows? Um, okay. But uh, because this is your list, I know I go first. I have zero honorable mentions. Okay, that works. Um, so, year go. I will go through my honorable mentions then really quick. Um, the first one on my, that's on my list, I just had to do it. Uh, it's uh, Fight Club. So, you watch that movie, 
Tyler Durden is totally a villain, um, and it the way it plays out, I won't spoil right now, but it's uh, you know it's a really interesting movie. I've read the book. I think it's an awesome story. I think the, this, by the way, real quick, I questioned if I was allowed to even use this. Yeah, one. this one's that's, kind of like skirting the line too. That's why I was like, man, is, he's not really a bad guy. Like he, I didn't really know how to word and it. And that's the thing is like so. a lot of people would say he's not, but then as far as just like how the legal systems work out now, like he definitely is if you go according right. to the law. So <laughs> it's just an interesting uh, thing. In recent, I love this. I love Fight Club. Yeah, it's, for sure. It is by far one of the best movies out there but i just i didn't know if this even counted mm -hmm. and could be allowed so um the only thing i'll say about fight club is like even though how much i like it in recent years i feel like it's kind of become this weird cliche where it's like everybody's seen it everybody had their mind blown by it once but they kind of just at this point kind of like it seems to be the punchline of a lot of jokes or kind of like a cliche edgy movie where i kind of wish it was like a Maybe less people have seen it, and it was more of just like a cult hit that, you know, people wouldn't make fun of and stuff. Right, about, okay. You know? Anyways, moving on. Uh, my next one is definitely my jokiest pick, but it is uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> so, the main Wait, character... Willy Wonka, is that the Gene Wilder yes. one? Okay. Yeah. I actually wasn't a big fan of the uh, well, Tim cause Burton the, one. Because the Tim Burton one is <coughs> Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. Okay. Um, so... Charlie, the main character of this movie, is not a villain by any stretch. He is an innocent kid whose dream is to go get a tour of Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. I think everybody knows but this. I but I will defend that Willy Wonka, if he's not <laughs> if he's not a villain, he's at least complicit in the uh, deaths or in injuries in a lot of children, and he's completely fine with that. <laughs> um, so that's really all I have to say that. It's kind of a joke I made that's, up a long time ago, but I think it's really funny. What's really funny about that is because you don't think about what the horrible things that happen to those kids. Yeah. It's kind of like when you realize that, you know, when people complain about the Ewoks in Star Wars, you forget that the Ewoks eat people. Oh, for sure, yeah. You know what I mean? They're a lot scarier than you think they are. They just, the good guys just befriended them. Yeah. That sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when you see the Stormtrooper helmets... Um, at the end that they turn the stormtrooper helmets into drums, there's a good chance that they ate the stormtroopers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or so, at least there's decapitated heads under right, those hel right. helmets. Um, oh, lastly, I saw this really funny like fan movement related around Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory about how uh, Charlie's grandpa is also a villain in the movie, and it's really funny because they talk about how like. The grandpa has no job. <laughs> he basically is leeching off Charlie's family the whole time, uh, smoking tobacco, you know, smoking a pipe the whole time. So he's using their money for that, saying he's too sick to work. But then the moment Charlie invites him to the chocolate factory, he hops out of the bed and he's dancing around. So, like, there's this really funny, like, online movement about how, like... Charlie's grandpa's actually a jerk and stuff like that. So I found it pretty amusing. I don't know. That's about all I have to say right. about that, though. Um, right. Which could move into your first actual pick, right. I guess. So my first actual pick, and let me just take a quick look at my list because <laughs> I, I try and keep these in non-order. But um, So I'm gonna, the first movie that I'm going to talk about is uh, Lucky Number Slevin. Okay. I've never, never seen, seen this. No, I've never okay. seen it. This movie's really cool. It's like partial con man, partial heist, partial like mystery, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, the this main character, his name's Slevin. 
um, but he claims to be someone else, and he he's basically trying to get. So his dad was killed in a like he was a compulsive gambler, got into debt. Eventually, his dad got killed by the bookies. This kid is now grown and seeking revenge on the bookie yeah. and like trying to get revenge for him. But he's teamed up with another guy. There's this whole mystery around the backstory, mm-hmm. but it's really like he's playing these two mob bosses against each other who are like in a turf war. Yeah. And he plays them back and forth until they're like ready to kill each other. And then he kind of, I don't want to ruin the end of the movie, but <laughs> it's, enough. um, it's a phenomenal like mystery, but yeah. he's clear and he's playing it off as if he's the good guy. The whole movie, you think he's the good guy until you realize he's been the villain the whole time. And that's like, and that's where like, and this is like, I guess where I may have missed the mark in terms of what I'm talking about. But my idea is like, he's the villain the whole time. You just don't know it until you get to that end sequence of the movie. Okay. Do you know what I nice. mean? Yeah. Like, oh, he, he, he was basically playing everyone. It's a big con job. So, um, yeah. yeah, lucky number 11, Lucy Liu's in the movie, awesome, Josh Hartnett, awesome, you know. Yeah, I mean, that sounds really good. Bruce great, Willis but... is in it, too, mm-hmm. uh, Morgan Freeman, uh, Ben Kinsley, like, it's a big cast, so. Nice. Yeah, really good movie, so, anyway. Sweet. Okay, so, my next pick, um, man, I don't even know how to go into this one. So, this is a movie that... I don't know that I enjoyed while watching, but it was an experience. Like, it made me experience um, terror, anger, uncomfortableness, and I feel like that led to why I appreciate the movie so much. So, this movie is Hard Candy. Have you ever seen this movie? (laughs) The look on Andy's face. (laughs) But you understand what I mean, where I don't... I didn't enjoy watching this movie. I... I own this movie okay um yeah go ahead i didn't enjoy watching this movie but it definitely you um, you cannot wasn't enjoy experience. watching yeah. this movie but so. it was an experience and i fe- i appreciate what it made me feel while i watched it but it's essentially a movie about a uh it's about a girl um ellen page who uh one of her friends uh was murdered and she essentially plans to take revenge on the guy who murdered her friend and uh, the movie goes through her um, essentially torturing this guy. It starts with it starts with internet baiting him. Yeah, and then you get to that. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, and uh, basically, what the movie does is you take this guy who's a total villain, and it makes you feel really sorry for him, while this girl who you think you should be rooting for actually becomes the villain in the movie. And essentially, I don't even know if there's any other cast members in the movie, but essentially it's like both characters are villains in their own rights, and you finish the movie actually uh, disliking Ellen Page's character more than the guy, but then you think about it, it's like, why do I dislike her? You know, it doesn't make sense. So that's right. I really appreciate that. I've known people who said that since watching that movie, they don't like Ellen Page as a person anymore, because <laughs> that's how much that character stuck in her head, but... Wow. It's definitely um, this, an experience. By the way, I did not expect you to pull <coughs> hard candy out of the bag. So It's one of those things where I really struggled with it, but in the end I was like, it was so memorable, like I just had to put it on there. Right, and weirdly it's been on TV lately. Okay, Yeah. right. So. I will say it's, it's definitely not for children. Um, it's definitely experience. Just go into it knowing you're not going to like... You're not gonna feel comfortable watching the movie. Right. Yeah, you won't. It's it's a hard sit. 
Um, all right. Well, my next pick is a movie called Inside Man. Have you seen nice. this? Nice. Yeah, I've seen Directed this. by Spike mm-hmm. Lee. Um, so, in terms of the villain aspect, the main character is tech- basically a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, he is rob. It's about a bank robbery, and you're following the robbers through the bank. And I love how the movie opens, where you just see that shot of Clive Owen, and he's like, "Okay, everyone needs to pay attention. I speak very clearly." I do not repeat myself, so listen to every word I'm saying very carefully. Like you know, and you're and just that's like, that's the movie. I didn't. And when you, I never realized that's open line. And when but you, that's the movie. When like, you start yeah. with when you start with that, it's like um, I'm all ears. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Like you're officially paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's basically robbing a bank, and this is where he becomes the good guy. Is he's not robbing the bank to get money. He's trying to rob a safety deposit box to steal a Jewish relic that is from that implicates someone else into war crimes that happened during the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to basically out this guy for committing these war crimes, but he's got to do this really bad thing to do it. Yeah. And the mit like first off the backstory with the mystery and stuff, cool. Everything that happens into the bank is amazing how they plan the bank robbery. Everything, the heist, all of it is just so meticulously planned out. And that then, was my favorite part of and it. And then actually. how they get out of the bank is just amazing. Like Spike Lee was so smart when he put that movie together. Yeah. And it's it's a phenomenal script. And that's probably one of the best parts is the writing of the film. It is just absolutely amazing from top to bottom. Right. Yeah, I love that movie. That's a movie I would watch over and over and over again. And that that's one I like that movie a lot. I didn't think of it actually for this list, but that's like an awesome one. Yeah, and, so uh, Inside Man, it's so good. I, I highly recommend people watching Inside Man. And like uh just to restate it like the strategizing of how the uh whole robbery takes place and how it's all thought out is so I know. interesting. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's and it's brilliant filmmaking <laughs> how they bounce back and forth. So like you'll see Things will happen, and then they'll cut to showing the interview where they're interviewing like some one of the witnesses in the bank or something like that. And like yeah. the stories are so contrived, they're like, "What really happened in there?" You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's cool. So yeah, inside man, <laughs> nice. Uh, that would move on to my next pick, which is American Psycho. So this one, I was actually thinking I might match with you, but I'm not sure. Um, All right, so I'm making a face. Go ahead, and then I'll do, yeah. <laughs> Um, so this movie, um, I mean, I don't have a ton to say about it. I just, uh, you know, it's the story of this, uh, 80s, like, yuppie guy who essentially goes on a killing spree and kind of just listens to, like, every, uh... He's really into music. Yeah. In a general sense. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say he kind of, like, doesn't ignore his, like, gut impulses, like, his Im- oh, violent impulses, et cetera, et cetera, and he kind of just goes... And does whatever he wants, which involves uh, killing people as as well as other things. Uh, he's totally a villain. I love this movie because I think it's written like really well. Like it's based off, off a book. A lot of it is just really intricately written monologues throughout the whole thing. Um, and also, like it sounds like a total like horror bloodbath. But I was just thought the humor they put it's in the movie was great. It's not a horror great. bloodbath. Yeah. It's not a horror bloodbath at all. And the humor in the movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. This movie, by the way, I absolutely love this movie. Yeah. And Christian Bale, this movie is one of the two films that landed Christian Bale the Batman role. <laughs> as weird as that sounds. As weird yeah. as that sounds, this is one of the two movies that landed him the role for Batman. Um, 
But American Psycho, I love this movie. And there was a night that I had by myself and it happened to be starting. And I was like, I don't know what to watch. And I just stopped on it. But it was like the opening credits. And I ended up watching the whole movie. And I'm just like, God, this movie's good. Yeah. But the thing about this is, <coughs> so I saw this on my shelf when doing my list. I always look at what I own first before I go Googling stuff. I saw this on my shelf and I went, I wrote it down on my short list. And I was like, American Psycho. I don't know if I can justify it because I was trying to find a movie where it, it took the villain and kind of showed it to be a hero. And that's where I kind okay. of, and that's where I, cause I remember asking so, you about infinity war, how in a, in a weird way, infinity war <laughs> tries to make you sympathize with Thanos. Yeah. You know, it, he doesn't come out heroic at all, but they try to make you sympathize with Thanos. So I was trying to look at my choices as to, you have a movie, it's about a yeah. villain, but the villain is still technically the hero in the end. Yeah. You know? So I, and I didn't see that with American Psycho, yeah. so I had to, like, mix it. I think with American Psycho, I think... Okay, so when I thought of the list, I was actually thinking the opposite, where, like, a movie's uh-huh. actually stronger see? if, like, the more evil the person is who's the mm. main character, it actually fits the list in a stronger way. So, um... It's cool that you actually thought of this one, though. Well, that's great, time. because you know what's going to happen is is we're going to eventually... The cool part about doing these lists is what we're on. We're 29 lists in to this show. That's crazy. We're going to come back at some point and uh, redo some of these lists. We're going to revisit yeah. these lists, because more movies are going to come out. Spielberg is going to direct a bunch more movies, and we're going to go, man, maybe we should revisit the Spielberg lists. Mm-hmm. You know? So... We can always come back to this. So we'll just go with the list we have tonight. But um, did you ever see, before we move on to my next pick, because it's my next pick, but before we move on, did you see the movie um, Rules of Attraction? No, I don't James think Vanderbeek. No, yeah, I didn't see that one. Okay. I don't think I saw James that Vanderbeek. Um, I, <coughs> this is one of those. I don't remember I know one girl's name. One Jessica Beale's like... in it. Um, this is, it's... it's, it's Kind of a bigger cast, but... I know this is one of those, like, late 90s R-rated movies that I just wasn't old enough to see at I the time, say, I think, but... I want to say it's more early 2000s. But, yeah, yeah, but... Yeah. Anyway, the reason I bring up Rules of Attraction is because Rules of Attraction and American Psycho were written by the same guy. Okay. That author said that James Vanderbeek's character is the younger brother of Christian Bale's character <laughs> okay. from American Psycho. Nice. Just connective tissue. Yeah, I just thought yeah. it was kind of cool. So when I watched... So I had already seen both movies separately, yeah. learned that piece of information, and then rewatched them back to back. And it made... Yes, I loved American Psycho, but it made Rules of Attraction kind of... Uh, like, it, had, it put a different light on the movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so... Um, I, ha- re- I love that. If, if you like American thing. Psycho, check it out. Like, nice. Rules yeah. of Attraction I really liked a lot. Um... Sorry, that comes back to my next pick. So, this one's kind of a fun one. Um, this is the movie uh, Mr. Right. Okay. Do you Never, know what this I movie is? You have no idea what this is. <laughs> All right. Um, so, there is a... Uh, so, the movie is Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick. And the movie the movie opens with... Uh, Anna, uh, it opens with these shots of these children talking to the camera and it's like i want to be a fireman for christmas or i want to be a policeman or i want to be the president for not for christmas when i grow up like i want to be this i want to be that like what do you want to be when you grow up and then they stop on this little girl who's clearly young anna kendrick and she looks at the camera and goes 
I want to be a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And you laugh at that. You're like, ha, ah, that's funny because then she goes, roar, like she roars into the camera. And then they cut and they start and they show like her like as an adult doing normal things, going to college, whatever. So then you, uh, but then she's like in a, like a Walgreens buying something and she meets Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Okay. She doesn't know anything about Sam Rockwell, but she meets him and they have this like moment and he's like, can I buy a drink or can we go out to dinner or something? So she, her and Sam Rockwell go out to dinner and Sam Rockwell notices this guy looking at him funny and like he kind of nods at the guy in a weird way and yeah. the guy just kind of nods back and Sam Rockwell's like, all right, I gotta, I'll be right back. I gotta step out for a minute. Like, like he's going to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Right. He goes outside. The two guys get into a fight. Sam Rockwell kills him. And then he goes back in and she's like, what happened? Are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I had to kill a guy in the parking lot. And she laughs it off like it's a joke. But what you find out is Sam Rockwell is a hitman. Okay, nice. He doesn't want to be a hitman anymore. So he kills the people who try to hire him because he thinks morally (laughs) murder is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So what happens is that the movie goes into this. it's It's basically a very serious very violent love story with all this comedy sprinkled in because Anna Kendrick is like joining him in all this, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, this little adventure (coughs) of trying to, uh, she's learning about all this stuff and it's great because when she finds out a little bit of a spoiler, but when she finds out he's a hitman, she's like, Oh my God, you've been lying to me the whole time, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, I never lied to you. And you think back to all the stuff he ever said to her and you're like, no, he never did lie to her. She always thought he was <laughs> oh, joking. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> you know? yeah. But in the end, he was a bad guy, basically taking on the bad guys because he didn't want to be a bad guy anymore. But the movie is so much fun. So here's the thing. If you're looking for a good date movie, watch this movie. It is so much fun. If you're looking for an action movie, watch this movie. It's incredible. Some of the fight sequences. If you're just looking for a movie that's a good story watch this movie and if you're looking for a movie with just phenomenal acting because Sam Rockwell is amazing in this you gotta see this movie sweet like I'm like I can't speak high <laughs> more about this movie and there's some there's just some great bits in it all the way through the movie it's just fantastic Tim Roth is in it he's great um, so yeah nice uh, Mr. Wright <laughs> yeah that sounds great um, that would lead into my next pick um, which is uh, Nightcrawler. So this was actually directed by the same person who did Velvet Buzzsaw that I mentioned earlier. Um, So this movie is about, um, I guess they're called Stringers, which is, uh, they're photographers who go out um, during the nighttime in like various cities and stuff. And their goal is to photograph or videotape um, basically tragic events. Like somebody gets hit by a car, they're trying to videotape it some there's a shooting they're trying to catch that footage because then they go to sell it to you know the local news station and they make a bunch of money on it it's essentially like tragedy paparazzi if you want to think of it that way (laughs) so uh the main character is played by jake gyllenhaal and uh the movie shows how he's um kind of just like a common thief at the beginning and kind of uh he discovers this profession and he jumps in and the whole movie's like the exploration of like I don't want to say his downfall because he was never a good guy to begin with, but just like how much further he can go, how corrupt he can be 
you know, for the goal of just making money off this footage. Um, one of the big turning points at the, in the movie is uh, when he gets to a uh, car accident before the cops show up and before the ambulances show up and he moves the body at the car accident to get a better picture, to get better footage of it. And that's just like, it's really interesting. The movie, um, it's an, it's an interesting watch, but it also brings into question the ideas of like journalistic integrity. Um, and just, it shows how like the news stations can kind of be corrupt too, when they're trying to spin a better story as opposed to, you know, what I said, journalistic integrity, like just showing what happened and, you know, doing right. their job. So I think it's an awesome pick. I don't know if you've seen this one. I have or not. You... Oh, you haven't? Yeah, no, okay. I don't know anything about this. So. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. It's also, um, since Jake Gyllenhaal's a photographer and how, I guess, exciting or fun, ah, fun's the wrong word, how good of a movie it is when they first announced that they were going to do a Venom movie. This was a movie that I thought of they could use as a blueprint. Like, if you wanted to do the grounded dark knight approach to Venom. Oh, right, you could right, do yeah. you could do this kind of movie as a blueprint to that so okay right all right yeah that's, that's about all i have to say about <laughs> it's it it's all good yeah uh just go to me yeah for sure okay cool so this is uh, this <coughs> this is the one i think that we matched okay and that i do not have a lot to say about it because i've already talked about how much i like this movie in the past everybody knows about this movie and that is suicide squad Okay, we actually didn't match this one. Okay, but talk about I. You can talk about it, and I can talk about why it didn't make my list. No, that's yeah. fine. So, Suicide Squad. I've liked this movie from the beginning. The whole movie is about villains. Like every character in the movie is a bad guy, and they're all heroes. Like, <laughs> right on, they, yeah. they play the hero role. So this was just when I realized I was like, of all the movies that I'm going to put, it's going to be Suicide Squad. This is going to this will make yeah. the list regardless. Um, but yeah, so and that's like, and I I know how you said you were thinking of the list. It totally makes sense why you picked it. And if I was making the list with the same mindset as you, I probably would have picked it too. Right. The I just didn't because I was thinking, <laughs> even though the characters are villains, like from just a story structure sense, isolating that movie, all the characters are technically the heroes. Like they're forced to be the heroes in that movie, and the villains right. actually. But like, they're still. But they still remain the villains. Well, they are villains, right? But, but they not... still remain the villains. Like there's the scene where Harley like breaks the glass to steal the thing, and she's like, "I'm still a bad guy." Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even though they're doing this good thing and they're being forced to do this good thing, they're still yeah. the bad guys. Mm -hmm. You know, so. I My point was just that they're not the villains of that specific story. Right. I guess. I <laughs> it's just the only thing, but. I know. Yeah, I totally hear you. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't know if you had much more to say about that. No, not or, at all. I just. Yeah. I just yeah that was yeah <laughs> nice I totally see why that was the okay. thing and maybe um, and maybe when we have like maybe I should have like called you and be like dude what do you really mean by this villain <laughs> villains as protagonists because when you take the villain and you make him when you make the villain the hero like there was a like gross point blank made my short list yeah because he's a bad guy but he's the good guy in the story okay do you know what I mean mm -hmm. like I didn't that's the Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of like the differing approach though, and how like it's kind of clashing with each other. Though, right. So. right. Um, like I said, we will revisit this at some point later down the road. Uh, so my next pick is uh, Chronicle. So this is the oh uh, right found, on found yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Movie. This movie is um, great. Yeah, so I mean it's it's the story of a uh, couple regular teenage boys who uh, 
get superpowers, and the movie kind of from there explores, I wouldn't want to say a realistic take of it, but I'd want to say like a take of like what, how would somebody actually react if they got superpowers? How about, how about the take that this is what the Fantastic Four movie should have been? <laughs> Well, I don't even know that because like the movie, the movie doesn't it doesn't talk about crime fighting. It doesn't talk about wearing costumes. It's literally just here's some kids who got superpowers. What are they gonna do with them? And you know they do a lot of like pranks. They use it to um, you know increase their social status, all that sort of stuff. But you know one of the kids actually is kind of troubled, and it actually leads into more darker, more violent things that he chooses to do with the powers. It's essentially like. You can think of it similar to, um, you know, like kind of like a school shooting situation with like, right. except it's with superpowers essentially and uh, that exploration. The main character of this movie is totally the villain of the movie, but watching his downfall is uh, really interesting and it just kind of has this, you know, that theme of just, you know, like absolute power corrupts absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. So I can say. Besides just really liking the story, one of the things this movie did is uh, when you see these kids first get their powers, it made me, it kind of sold the power of telekinesis on me. Like, before watching this movie, I kind of thought telekinesis was kind of overrated. I was like, what a, whatever, you just get to move stuff with your mind. But this movie, after watching it, I was like, I oh, am... telekinesis is the power that you pick if you're given the choice. Like, you got to pick this one. Because it's all-encompassing. You can fly with it. You've got super strength. It's Telec- so cool. Telekinesis, so. to me, was always kind of a blah power. Yeah. I, and I think it's because <coughs> most of our first... Most of our first view of what telekinesis is is when you think about the... Uh, you think of the X-Men and you think of Jean Grey. Yes. And you think of, like, her telekinesis powers. Yes, she becomes the phoenix and she gets all these other, like, abilities, but when you think of telekinesis by itself, it's kind of a blah power. That's, I mean, that's what, uh, that was my first exposure to telekinesis, I think, and I just think of the X-Men, uh, the original, the 90s animated series theme song when you see Jean Grey using her telekinesis to lift clay pigeons for Cyclops to shoot with his... Yeah. You know, his uh, vision. And uh, and then they show that again in the X-Men film. Yeah, exactly. But it's so. still like, oh, yay, I got to lift stuff for other people to shoot. <laughs> but if you've ever had your doubts, Chronicle will sell you on telekinesis. Right. They portray it so awesome in that movie. So, Right. All right, very cool. Well, that brings me to my last one, right? Mm-hmm. And this comes down to the, I looked at something. This one's interesting because this one kind of fills the coin from the other aspect where it takes the hero and potentially makes them the villain in the end. Okay. Um, and this is Boondock Saints. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, yeah, that's a good So pick. Boondock Saints, these are guys who are, if you've never seen Boondock Saints, you have to see this movie. <laughs> this is such a good film. They did do a sequel, which a lot of people didn't like. I really liked, I ended, actually really liked the sequel. Okay, uh, cool. Boondock I've actually too. never seen the sequel, um, so I gotta check it out. Yeah, but. I really liked it. I know a lot of people didn't. It's fine to each his own. But um, this is a movie about two guys who feel that they need to take the fight back. So they go after and they start, like, killing all these bad people just simply because they're bad people. And the <laughs> yeah. cops are investigating this, and they start realizing that, hey... Everyone that's dying are bad guys. You know, so these guys are kind of doing a service. 
what's interesting about it is, so the movie's really, it's funny, it's violent, it's gory, it's everything you want, and you feel really good about yourself by the end of the film. Yeah. You also think to yourself, I should do this. (laughs) (laughs) Why not me? Why doesn't this happen more often? Um, But at the end of the movie, they show news footage of like people on the st- of like news broadcasters pulling people aside on the street and asking their opinion like what do you think of the Boondock Saints what do you think of these guys what do you think of what they're doing and everyone's like well someone's got to fight back for us and you know like it's yeah. really interesting some people in the broadcast are like this is the greatest thing ever and some people are like no they're just as bad as the people they're killing and they shouldn't be doing this stuff and yeah so that's yeah, so Boondock Saints is my final pick of the night. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an awesome pick. Um, I didn't even, I don't know why I didn't even think of that one, but that's great. Um, I also like... Speaking of which, Ryan has never seen Boondock Saints. <laughs> okay. And weeks ago, I gave it to him to say, watch it and bring it back. Tell yeah. me what you think. And he still has yet to watch it. Okay. <laughs> I feel like he should like it. But um, also, like, the that movie's really funny, too. Like, I don't yeah. want to, like, gloss over that at all. The movie's all. great. Yeah. Um, and it makes like, me want to go watch it right now. But Ryan has my copy. Uh, Willem Dafoe is like the lead detective in that movie, and he's awesome in it. Um, what was that? What else? Was, oh, this is kind of off left field, but judging by your list, I feel like you would really like the show Dexter. To be honest. Oh so. yeah, no. I how about this? I know that. I know that I would like the show Dexter. Yeah. Because there's multiple things you've said about that you liked about different movies, and like, yeah, he'd like Dexter. Yeah, for sure. I know that I would like the show. I just I need to sit down and give it. So a go. I've got one last pick. Uh, do you want to take a guess at what it is, or uh, I it, at this point I don't have the foggiest <laughs> idea. <laughs> okay, I feel so. like it's one it's one you might guess, but I pick uh, picked Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> so like this movie's okay. like. <laughs> I think the rest of my list was so random. That's like two on the on the head, or what was the? No, uh, I'm laughing because I never thought about this. Okay, at but all. but it's totally but like give us give us your reasoning. You know, after the end of uh, episode two and. Anakin kills all the Tusken Raiders. It's like this movie is like his downfall and his you know asserting himself as a villain at the end, or like I guess. Palpatine asserting himself would be a better way to put it. Um, this is a movie that, when I first saw it, like, I have I always love a Star Wars movie, but when I first saw this movie, I was, like, a senior year in high school. I was a senior in high school. I was, a, you know, just a little edgy kid and, uh, or a younger, edgy teenager, and I don't think I appreciated this movie to its fullest extent. Like, I had fun with it, but certain things, like, uh, execute order 66 i thought the wording of that was like a little cheesy and stuff like that but then you watch it as an adult and you realize how amazing that is well the thing was like i felt like that was too on the head but like the thing was years later i rewatched the movie and uh there's parts of the movie that i actually didn't get the first time i watched it and uh, upon rewatching it i you know kind of developed this huge appreciation for it because I mean, one of the biggest misunderstandings with this movie is people think that Padme died of a broken heart. She did not die of a broken heart. And once you realize, once you make that connection, the ending of this movie is like probably, in my opinion, one of the most intricate pieces of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And I just went down a well with it and I just 
have such an appreciation for the movie and the crafting of that movie and the writing, and I think it's awesome. It was a special genius to what George Lucas was doing, and a lot of people, and it sucks that people really trounced on that with the prequel films. Yeah, for sure. And they really, and it's, and I honestly think it's because, for example, like you, they didn't get it. I, a lot of people still don't get it. No, a lot of people still don't get it. <laughs> yeah, but I know there's a there's a big community of Star Wars fans who do get it and do understand. But I mean, I don't know if we should come into it. But I think well, this is here's the thing. I I would love to just go down the Star Wars rabbit hole, right. but that is a whole other podcast. For sure, it for really sure. is, and I would love to like really dive deep. But to be completely honest. Part of me doesn't want to because there's another Star Wars podcast out there that everyone should be listening to if you call yourself a Star Wars fan. And <laughs> if you call yourself a Star Wars fan and you're not listening to right. it, well, you're doing it wrong. I mean, so, we can still man, props to those We can guys, still talk about it, but we, I just we can do still talk say, about it. Like, I just don't feel like we'd ever do it normal justice. But. I I do want to say like if you've if you're a prequel hater, you don't like this movie, give Revenge of the Sith another chance and maybe rewatch it and maybe. Look at it with new eyes because you might find stuff in it that you just didn't realize. I think you're. I think if you're a prequel hater, you need to watch it all three of them. With new eyes, you really do. Um, So I just said Revenge of the Sith because it's on my list. Essentially, no, 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 no. no, 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 I totally like prequel haters in general. You should rewatch everything. Um, So I should have brought this up to you at the top of the show before we actually started recording. Before we actually hit the record button, because that does bring us to the end of the list. Which makes it my pick for next week, right? But I realize the date of what's going on right now in the world. Um, We're about to hit Valentine's Day. So we should probably do a Valentine's Day list. So we're going to make a Valentine's Day list. And then the following week will actually be my pick. Valentine's Day. Okay. So what we're going to do is, like I said... (laughs) We have, so is this your way of spinning two lists in your no, favor? No, no, I just, <laughs> no, I just realized, hey, you know, there's big holidays. Why yeah. not? We got to touch some of these things, you know. Right on. I mean? So, um, we're gonna do rom coms next week. <coughs> We've all watched our share of romantic comedies. Let's do rom coms. Okay. Fair um, enough. And then what's really nice is we talked about how Halloween we could do vampire movies and zombie films and slasher films, and there's all these facets of things. Yeah. Christmas, there's a bunch of different facets we can do. And I was like, well, Valentine's Day is probably the next big holiday that we would have to do movies for, right? I just realized how close we were to Valentine's Day, so <laughs> yeah. we should probably do this episode before it gets too late, and then we get yeah. to the vote. Yeah, That's the sure. only reason. I'll, I should have talked to you about it before no, we No, no, no. I was just giving you a hard time, but... No, yeah. that's okay. But then that'll make it my pick after that. So yeah. we'll do Valentine's... We'll do rom-coms next week, and then it'll be my pick for a normal list. Mm-hmm. So, um... I'm uh I'm really excited to talk you know when St. Patrick's Day comes and we talk about our top five Leprechaun movies. <laughs> oh yeah, so mine's probably I don't like the seven Leprechaun of them. one through five probably. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. I think episode. Or, um, actually, if we were gonna talk, um, if we were gonna talk movies, if we were gonna hit bound, uh, if we were gonna do that and pick movies about like Ireland or whatever or Leprechaun or like that kind of stuff. Two movies make my list and automatically. Boondock Saints? One of them is Boondock Saints. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, and if you've seen the movie, you understand why I said that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so 
but yeah, we'll do rom coms next week, and then we'll go back to our normal lineup. But that gives that throws in our Valentine's Day episode, and then we'll go from there. And awesome. hey, technically Deadpool could make the list. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Deadpool one is technically a rom com because <laughs> he says in the beginning of the movie, "This is a love story." Well, actually, that's I don't and know. it released on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I don't know if this is too hard to do, but what makes something a rom com? Like it's primarily a comedy, and there's a romantic. Well, it's, plot to it well it's basically a love story that they just made a comedy as opposed to a serious movie. Okay. Anyway, um, I, that brings us to the end of the show. So if you want to interact with the show, shoot us an email, top5report at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook, top5report. Um, you can follow us on iTunes, subscribe to us. If you do subscribe to us, you won't miss a single episode because it'll download automatically for yourself. Um Leave us a five-star review. That'd be great. That's what we prefer, but we do like the feedback, so please, any criticism would be great. And if you do leave us feedback, the best part about that is it makes the words we say sound important. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Drew3927. Peter? Uh, Ninja Pierre on Twitter. Find me there. And uh, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. Peter. And (laughs) we'll see you guys all next week.